0: It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors, Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and
1: Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. And with me in the KFG studios, my fellow CFPs and business partners, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Should the recent surge in inflation impact your
0: financial plan? How would you even define inflation? And how can you isolate your finances if inflation continues to trend higher? That and more coming up on this hour of the Wise Money Show.
1: If you have questions for the show, we'd love to hear from you. Engage with us. if You, you can do so a few different ways. Call or text 574-222-2000. It's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. And then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. All right, let's talk about inflation, Kevin. Yeah, I think we've found we've we've learned a couple things about inflation this year. Uh, you can't print a gazillion dollars and keep prices down. Uh, I think we've also learned that transitory is a made-up term and does not apply. <laughs> Like they basically transitory. So the Fed came out and said, Well, inflation's gonna be transitory which everyone thought that meant well inflation would have a temporary spike. It'd go up and come back down. And then they came out and said, Oh no, 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 no. We we didn't we didn't say it was gonna come back down. It was just gonna go up really sharply and then wouldn't stay that sharp which that's that's, that's dumb. <laughs> right. That's inflation. You would, then you would say that the 80s inflation was transitory, right? Because it <laughs> did go spike for four years and then it tapered off. So that's transitory. That's absolutely bogus. Uh, so, But the big question is, now that we know inflation's here, is it here to stay? What's driving it? And then how should it impact your financial plan? That's what we're talking about right now. Guys, so let's level the playing field. How would you define inflation? And what's causing it? Do you think it's here to stay? Let's just talk about that.
0: Well, if if I was going to define inflation so that we can be on the same sheet of music here, is you would say the consumer price index. That's That's what most people think about when they think about inflation. And so we can look back over the past 20 years, inflation's hovered around 2% and that basket of that it's a theoretical basket of goods and services that a typical consumer might buy so think like rent food transportation and so on and so the total cost of all these items is the CPI now the CPI consumer price index has also been uh, referred to as the CPI and you say well, why would it be the CPI and it, would you ever think that'd be possible that um, when there's reporting going on about certain economic news or whatever, that there might be a spin or a narrative that is um, created in order to get you to think one thing when the opposite could possibly be true.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm looking at September's CPI or inflation report right now. And at, at September, it's 5.4 uh, over the year, now that's the highest since nineteen ninety, when I believe it was five point six or whatever. Okay. So it's almost it's the it's the highest in thirty years, almost the highest in forty years. But here's here's to your point, Kevin. Mm-hmm. If you look down at shelter, okay, shelter has apparently increased at three point two percent over the past year. That is absolutely bogus. The average price of a house has increased 12% year over year. So we know that number as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we know rent has increased significantly as well. How is shelter only up 3.2%? That I is that is absolute malarkey, in my opinion.
2: So. Yeah, it makes you wonder how, how they gather this data. And I, I agree that this feels like one of the most manipulated numbers out there. And uh, But it's the one that everyone reports on. Mm-hmm. I still think, though, that CPI or, or seeing prices increase, that's still more of a symptom than it's truly a definition of what inflation is. I, I go back to um, you know the, the textbook definition is too, too many dollars chasing after too few goods. but even that is a symptom. Yeah you know, what happens is we, we live in a society where our central bank, the Fed, can print money and it's no longer just, Literally putting ink on paper and putting more dollar bills out into the economy—it's all digital these days, and and it's deposits electronically into these these banks' coffers. But um, when when you can just dramatically increase the amount of money that we say is out there in the economy faster than what the economy can even grow and keep up, by definition, you've got more money to go buy the same amount of goods or a similar amount of goods. And so what happens is you just have this bidding up of the cost of everything in, in society. Which,
1: which is why if you actually get into it, there's, there's, there's an undercurrent of folks that were just very, uh, economists, very frustrated and disappointed with all the money printing because there is an argument, a textbook argument where that actually does nothing. That's a net neutral in the economy over enough time. That's a net neutral. Well, and the, and to me, the problem with the CPI, there, the
0: one of the many problems is that most people do not aspire to live the CPI life. So the CPI life is not an elegant life. It's a great life if you want to live in your parents' basement, watch Netflix, and order Domino's pizza. Like that – that would in pizza. The ultimate that sounds pretty infla- good right The now. ultimate
1: inflation killer, pizza. I'm telling you, P- look at how
0: pizza has done um, over time. I remember, you know, in, when I was in high school 35 years ago, it was pizza, pizza. <laughs> yeah. For 10 bucks, you get two A pizzas, yeah, and you right. can. And, still- and here we are, 35 years later, you can still get two pizzas. For ten bucks, yeah. What a country. So,
1: okay. So, so Paul Tudor Jones, billionaire hedge fund manager, says inflation is now the greatest threat, the greatest threat to the market and to the average consumer. I actually, I, I, I feel the same. I, I'm just going to tell you, I, I'm not fear mongering. I just think this cat is out of the bag, and to me, I don't, I don't think this slows down. The, av- the I think the Fed. And the average economist is expecting inflation, which is now over 5%, to drop down to 2 next year and be between 1% and 2 in perpetuity. Now, the thing we have going for us is technology is anti-inflationary, right? Technology it's, is deflationary, yes. right? It technology, will drive prices down. Yes. Love that. Love that. Yep. However, this is what happened to me yesterday still dealing with this poison ivy or whatever on my wrist some sort i think i've got a poltergeist um and so they sent me to they they sent me to get a uh, ointment or something at cvs well i show up to cvs and i've never i didn't even get the notice that the prescription was ready so i show up and i wheel around to go to the drive-through drive-through closed we don't have enough staff i walk inside and And the line from the pharmacy goes all the way to like the middle of the the store. store because everyone's waiting. No one has any. And sure enough, even though this was eight hours after my doctor's appointment, I finally get to the counter and she's like, okay, I can see it here. We haven't had any time to work on it. I'll get it done. It should be about 45 minutes. While I'm waiting, I'm going through my Twitter feed, whatever, and I'm seeing a a, uh, a notice for you know McDonald's offering starting wages at twenty one dollars an hour. These sorts of things, guys, guys, th- it wages and the the labor shortage is going to make inflation permanent.
2: I, I agree completely. In fact. So so I had a similar story, um, although I wasn't picking up an ointment. Sorry about that, Mike. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was in Costco just kind of cruising through the aisles and everything, and I, I came upon two Costco workers that were folding some clothes or something, and they were talking about how the wages kept going up and how much you can earn as a cashier at Costco and they were kind of aspiring, oh, I'm going to go for that job because there's just there's openings and the wages just keep on climbing and serious? a lot of economists are saying have have often said they don't really count inflation as a concern until it starts showing up in wages because
1: wages once they go up they're not going to come back down and therefore that's automatically priced in. And while we're all cheering wages going up, we haven't seen wages go up in a long time. While we're all cheering that, we are all paying for it. That will be priced in. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about whether inflation is sort of here to stay. But then more importantly, how does it impact your financial plan? That and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corehorn Financial Group. Does rising inflation, does it impact your retirement plan? Should that impact how you plan ahead right now for retirement? We're helping you with that right now. This is The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of The Wise Money Show is on podcast. If you listen to that, throw those uh, those AirPods in, whatever. Just search The Wise Money Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to it or follow it or whatever you're supposed to do wherever you listen and rate the show. We appreciate that. All right. So we're talking about inflation, highest level in 30 years. We're on our way to having it be the highest level in 40 years. Will we get to 1980s style inflation? Um, lots of people say no. I think it's possible. I I really do with how much money has been printed. We'll see. But how, does, how should this influence your financial planning? Guys, before we get into that, any additional thoughts, comments on inflation in general, whether it's here to stay, whether it's temporary transitory other made up words
2: yeah exactly now i think you have to plan as though this is here to stay um you know the price increases that you've seen at the grocery store or if you're in the housing market or whatever those prices are not going to come back down in in my opinion and wages aren't going to come back down either so if you're a business owner or a manager, you're in charge of hiring people, just recognize, yeah, you are in a competitive environment right now. And uh, it's, it's probably going to stay that way for, for quite some time. And a lot of it is just purely because structurally in this economy, we've got shortages everywhere you turn. And those shortages, anytime there's a shortage of anything, the price goes up. hmm and if all of a sudden there was a flood of extras instead of shortages, the price would come back down. But when is that going to happen if, if you think of uh, employees and, and everything? Demographically, we've got an entire generation that is marching into retirement, and it happens to be one of the biggest generations in history.
1: That, that's the que- this is the question. If, if, you, if, you're, if you enjoy talking about inflation or are on one side of this debate, when will we go from shortages to excess? that's when inflation will calm down. That seems like it's gonna be a long time. Well, and
0: that's and that comment is the reason why we're all horrible investors, because the right. only thing that we yeah. can do right now, and our the, the reason why we still are alive today as humans is that we, we, we see what's happening and project it forward. So you look at the 100 ships sitting in the, the, the lobby of the ports, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, well, it's 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 not going to stay hundred forever. It's going to go from hundred to two hundred, right. and that's how we're we're yeah, right. classically just it, that's how we think, and and everyone thinks that way, and so that's because that's how we're cr- created. We're yeah. hardwired that way. So I think in order to to do this, I don't I don't see inflation reversing itself like the price of gas. I mean, we we saw four dollars and twenty six cents gas in two thousand eight. And we saw dollar75 gas um, a year or two ago. Yeah. So, so these, these various commodity prices and our things, it, there are certain events that can happen that can change that. But I would say, yeah, settle in and, and plan to pay three dollars and35 cents a gallon for a, a yeah. pretty good while here.
1: The, uh, the, the Wise Money Show is a show about financial planning. A wise approach to your financial life is looking at all six areas of your finances and how they intersect, how they are interconnected, so that when you make financial decisions, you're bringing synergy. You're benefiting as many of those six areas as possible. And so when it comes to inflation, it's fun to talk about. Uh, I'd encourage you to do so over Thanksgiving. Maybe you'll throw some turkey or mashed potatoes at someone and get in this argument. (laughs) It's fun. But what really matters is hey, how's it going to impact your financial plan? I want to start with retirement because one of the five factors in your retirement plan is spending. But each of those five factors has sort of um, multiple components to it. In spending, you've got to factor in health insurance, you've got to factor in vacations, you've got to factor in your mortgage, blah, blah, blah. But you have to factor in inflation. Guys, does this surge in inflation, should it impact your retirement planning, specifically even your assumptions on inflation into the future? What do you think?
2: Well, that's exactly how I was going to say that you ought to apply this concept that when, when you do your forecast to test whether or not your money is going to last as long as you need it to, um, one of the things that you have to bake into it is an assumption that life's going to keep getting more expensive. And for the longest time, you know, we, we were coaching all of our clients to assume that life's going to keep going up at about 3% compounding over over time. And that seemed crazy for yeah. a decade or more when inflation was always well below 2%. Uh, but now it, it's becoming more real and it has to be something that you do test. Make sure that you um, you aren't basing your decision to retire or how much to spend in retirement on the belief that what you know today is going to be true forever into the future life is going to keep on getting more expensive and you have to build that into your your forecast we've
1: been using the assumption of three percent inflation uh i i think i'm still comfortable there because that's not the cpi life that's real Mm -hmm. and for a long time People haven't needed a 3% increase in their lifestyle, but we've baked that assumption in because for retirement planning, you need to be close. Like your assumptions need to be close to reality. Otherwise it's just pointless. But I would tell you, be in the ballpark, but conservative. So be, be close to, to what you think reality is gonna be, but then err on the side of conservative. And, and so we've done that with inflation and assumed 3% on average each year forever. Um, I know a lot of folks are, have been, have, have had that number at 2% though. And I, to me, I, I, if that's you, or if you use, if you're using some online retirement calculator, number one, don't do that. That's not helpful, you know, garbage in garbage out. Um, and you're going to make the biggest financial decision of your life based off of bogus assumptions. Number one, number two, though, if your retirement plan is using a 2% assumption for inflation, test it test it. You
0: know, there's a huge difference in the probability of success for a retirement plan using a 2% inflation versus a 3% inflation because of the time value of money. And so just you know if you're if you're curious about that ask your certified financial planner to just toggle back and forth, show
1: show you what the probability of success is at 3% versus 2%. Yep. You can see it. And you're going to be amazed, by the way. The other part with inflation and retirement plans is if we're talking about, well, prices going up and maybe wages going up and inflation, you might need to assume it's higher. I, to me, it puts pressure on how much you're saving, how much you're contributing. And I would make sure that Within whatever the range should be for your situation, um, that you're contributing on the high end of that range. Now is a time you might have a little excess money floating around, and you know, lays wants it for potato chips and whatever else. Uh, I would your retirement wants it too. I, I would add 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 more to your retirement.
2: If there was a category of spending in retirement to really pay attention to, and it it's one that maybe you would give the least amount of attention to most naturally, it's the area of housing. And housing is actually the largest expenditure or category in retirement of of spending. Mm -hmm. And uh, the question is, well, can that be a relatively stable area of spending for you, or is it gonna be dragged higher and higher with inflation as well? I have a, a client right now who got stuck because of the pandemic and everything. They sold their house. Uh, up north here, they were moving down south, but couldn't buy a house right away, couldn't find a house. Mm. And now prices are just continuing to move against them, they're just renting. Mm -hmm. And they're getting to this desperate feeling like, Oh, my goodness, we just have to buy something. And that is an awful spot to be because that's when mistakes happen, right? When you feel like you are backed into a corner financially, and that's how you make your decisions. Uh, that that is a tough spot to be. Yep. So don't let yourself get into that position. And well, if you
0: find yourself in that position, give me a call because I've got some sage advice for you.
1: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, uh, just in case Dad's house doesn't officially close. <laughs> yeah. No.
0: So I mean, so they they bought a a
1: big old motorhome, but it, you if you didn't know you'd think it looks like brand new. All right. So there's other areas of retirement planning, plus the rest of your financial life. We're going to talk about inflation, how it impacts you that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
1: How to adapt your plan, your financial plan for inflation. That's what we're talking about Right now, this is The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of The Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. You get all, all sorts of bonus content. We were just, I don't know, were we goofing off or actually providing content? I can't really remember. Go to YouTube, search Wise Money Show, and subscribe to the channel. You can see every episode and bonus content there. All right, so within retirement inflation is is needs to be a factor in your retirement plan and so we've talked about it from a spending standpoint we talked about it from a how much you're saving what about health insurance as well um you've got to make sure we've always been assuming that health insurance costs were going to be rising at a faster pace than inflation and it's very possible if you haven't been uh if you haven't been projecting your retirement in that manner, you may want to do so now. Additionally, though, on the income side, we know that you on Social Security, you're going to get a 5.9% increase. Um, I'm not sure I would expect that from right. here on out as, as well. And so this is, again, where I would say, be realistic with your retirement projections, but then on the conservative side. So I wouldn't expect, well, the Wise Money Show folks just said, you know, run my retirement plan at 3% inflation and assume social security will increase at 6% every year. Nope. I would not, I would not do that.
2: Wouldn't that be nice though? That would would solve some problems for a lot of people.
1: Okay. So what about, and create many more,
2: what about
1: (laughs) (laughs) how inflation will, should adjust your financial plan in the area of present financial position? So in your, in your present financial position, you may
0: see an increase in your wages, which is great. And what would be even greater is if the increase in your wages was able to keep up with the increase in the cost of the basket of goods and services that you need to buy. So I would, I would, um, I would go into a wartime mentality with this thing, and I would say, okay, what do I have to do? I have to begin by by leading and managing the most challenging area of my life, which is me, and I got to get. A a tight rein on my expenses Where is I got to be knowing where the money's going once I know that then I then I have to strategically say what part of my balance sheet do I need to clean up because and I need to think what are the things that I'm concerned about I'm concerned about housing if that's my
1: biggest expense in retirement what's my plan for that I mean all of a sudden so here so it's tempting and we're gonna get there it's tempting to say oh interest rates are at nothing and inflation to add something, let me borrow as much money as possible. I, we're gonna talk about that in just a second. But when it comes to your present financial position and inflation, you need to update your three, your three bank account system. If all of a sudden things cost more, guess what? All of us have a to-do, and that is to add more money to our emergency fund. That, that, that is, if you if you have the same emergency fund right now as you did three years ago, no, you need to update it now. Second, in that delayed spending category where you're saving up money for a home repair or home remodel, a vacation, uh, the next car, the car repair, guess what? Each one of those got more expensive. So you might need to look at your delayed spending and boost that as well. And then, yes, now's a good time. If you if you haven't tuned into your budget, if you're on autopilot because you've done, you've run the numbers, you're a natural saver, and it's working, now might be a good time to tune into your budget to make sure you know where those dollars are going, like Kevin mentioned.
2: I agree with you completely, but I can already hear the objections that, man, have you seen what my savings account is paying me these days? Yeah. I'm earning basically nothing. Why would I pile more money into savings when I'm losing ground? Because inflation is costing, it's rising faster than what I'll ever even come close to earning on those accounts. And the point though is being liquid in an emergency that is going to be a bigger emergency. By definition, it's gonna cost more. Whatever life throws at you is gonna be more expensive because of the inflation that we've been encountering. So you need to have more resources to be able to counterbalance that. Yep. And so the, the thing that we're often trying to just reassure folks uh, with when it comes to their emergency fund, that money is not there to build wealth for you. It's there to prevent a crisis from spilling over into your financial life and kind of wrecking the, sh- wrecking the ship, mm-hmm. which means you have to have other assets in your life that are growing and can keep up with inflation or even out ahead of inflation. And um, you know, those who are already homeowners have seen the value of their home go up. Those who are not homeowners are feeling like the, the price is moving away from them. It's getting out of hand. And again, you know, we, we talked in the last segment about how that can leave you feeling desperate, yep. um, and you you may be jumping into a, a housing decision that could could be an error, you know, could could be a problem in the in the long run. But uh, having assets that can appreciate and value, things like stocks, things like real estate, other hard assets that when when life's getting more expensive, they're getting more expensive.
1: Well, we're gonna talk in just a moment about investing during inflationary times. But Kevin, what about debt? What, what, what's your thought? In, in in inflationary times, do people then, should you go hog wild on debt? Or do you stay conservative? Or what, what, what would you tell folks how to adapt their financial plan?
0: Well, I would tell you if you're looking at your housing costs, one of the ways to lock in your, you can lock in your housing costs or at least a portion of them for the next 30 years. That interest rate, Unless you refinance, that interest rate isn't going to adapt with inflation. Right. But this is where it's it's very difficult to do because people say, well, hey, if I retire, am I going to want to stay in this big house or am I going to want to downsize? Am I going to want to downsize and have a place here and have a place in Florida? And so I think you have to have a great plan. I in. In, if you look at just the numbers, if it's just a math game, you'd say, well, you know, lever up and have as much debt as you possibly can if we're right about inflation. But I look at that and I say, well, what about the internal finance? Because yeah. we're not we're not we don't meet and talk to numbers every day we meet and talk to people every day <laughs> numbers would be more fun i think so. <laughs> okay that was mike yeah, uh, that's in case you <laughs> his email address <laughs> is. i actually like the people so no but so as you as you talk to people they, they these are these are souls these are real people with feelings and they're like well how does debt make me feel and do i love running with a ton of debt because if i had a ton of debt over here and a ton of investments over here what the, the thing that you you like about one of the things you like about your house is it's not marked to market. Like you're not seeing it on a day in and day out basis in 2008 and 2009 when real estate prices plummeted, people panicked about the stock market and they, they really weren't concerned about their real estate that that dropped by 25%.
1: And you were grateful if you were debt free at that time. I mean, yes, having a lot of debt could be a way for arbitrage, but it increases your risk and makes you less nimble when you're forced to change. Guys, really quick. If we, So if
2: we're going to see inflation, how do you position your investments? I, I think you have to be positioned for the right amount of growth. If you're too conservative in an environment like this, then slowly over time, silently but steadily, you are going to become more poor. You know, the, the inflation, the, the rising cost of life is just going to erode your spending power. And you have to have enough growth potential. Even if you are someone who says, I don't like the ups and downs. I don't like the roller coaster ride of the stock market. Stocks have to be a portion of your, your investment allocation. It has to be in the recipe that you're using when you build that portfolio. Because that
1: investment has over time been the best at outperforming, outpacing inflation. That's it. Like You could look and say, well, real estate, right? Because the the rent will keep up with inflation and the asset will keep up with inflation. It'll keep up with inflation. Yep, that's right. Stocks outperform inflation on average four or 5%, okay? Over time. Now, during hyperinflations, will we get flashes of panic? Sure, sure you will, right? But during inflationary times, guess what? inflation makes companies value go up as well and your yeah. the, the stock market is an aggregate of those companies value so all right we've got more on inflation what it's, how it's going to impact your financial plan that and more coming up on the wise money show with corhorn financial group this is wise money with corhorn financial group does inflation will it, should it influence what you do with your insurance, you, you might not think so. The answer is yes. We're going to explain right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KF2 studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up today on all Wise Money content online, wisemoneyshow.com. Then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. We're not on TikTok though, and you shouldn't be either, to be honest. So, <laughs> uh, But wherever you're at, other than TikTok, search the Wise Money Show. Um, all right. So anything else with investing. Okay. So let's, let's go a little bit deeper. Stocks only based on evidence are the best investment to beat inflation. Okay. You would think gold only happened during the eighties. That's it. Gold has, you call it an inflation hedge. It happened once. It has not happened this time. Gold has not been an inflation hedge. Um, And even over the past 10 years, gold is negative in its investment return so even if you say well but yeah uh, we've had two percent inflation over the past and it, it, gold hasn't kept up some argue Bitcoin and theoretically cryptos I would say should keep up with inflation i I think there's way more than theory happening in that space it's speculation and so I don't you know one you know a couple months ago bitcoins in the 20s now it's in the 60s or 70s maybe by the time you live I don't know well, I don't know. So how can you say uh, that wild of a ride is going to keep up with inflation? I, I don't know. Real estate, we've already talked about that. Um,
2: bonds. Bonds a good hold during inflationary times? No, bonds are a, a potentially dangerous investment during inflationary times because anytime you are the lender in, a, uh, in an inflationary period, your borrower is paying you back with cheaper and cheaper dollars. It, it's, it's like you're getting meaningless money. If we're playing Monopoly and you loaned $100 to another player and all of a sudden the banker comes and swaps out $100 bills for $200 bills, you're getting paid back with half as much value, essentially. Yeah. It's, it's worthless play money. Yeah. And uh, that's the concern. That's, that's the outrage, I think, that a lot of people are feeling right now as we're watching this play out in, in real time.
1: I, I, I go, like, this is just internal. I, I go dynamic on my bonds right now or, or something something fixed, but I get- A, a more active trading correct. system, not just buy and hold it blindly, you're yeah. saying? Yeah, I, I'd, be, I'd be careful. Or in the buy and hold, a total bond, which is sort of a, a, a total bond market strategy that can adapt in different areas because- yeah, it just looks. I mean, Josh, you're totally right. Or inflation
0: protected. I mean, there, yeah,
1: there, there are strategies that
0: you can use on the fixed income side. But when you when you look at the inflation that's coming, it, it, looking backwards, the best hedge against inflation is ownership, ownership of equities, equities. The some of the you know get the best run companies in the world to invest in. Those give you your best opportunity to hedge against this. And you're right, Mike, on a day in a moment by moment, day by day basis, there it's not a perfect hedge Correct. against inflation, but over the long term and if you're investing, you're a long-term investor, it's the best way to go.
2: I'd also say if you're a long-term investor, who's diversified and rebalancing regularly, mm-hmm. you still want to have some element of bond exposure in your yeah. portfolio, because sometimes those stocks are going to run up in value like crazy. And if you peel back some of the gains and buy some investments, like bonds, that maybe are cheap at the moment, yep. y- you can, you can kind of help smooth out a little bit of the volatility in your portfolio and still get that growth potential that you need to stay out ahead of inflation.
1: Uh, what about uh,
2: with insurance?
1: Does does inflation influence your protection plan? I would. I mean, we already talked about with health insurance. It it certainly could influence the price. We would expect that. Uh, home and auto insurance. I Just had a friend of mine a couple weeks ago uh, lost his house in a fire. It's just crazy. And um, and he was told he was told it's twelve months. Twelve months I, to I, get the house rebuilt. Yeah, I saw him on Monday. He said, "Yep." They told us it'll be at least twelve months. Wow. Now that's interesting, because on your um, loss of use coverage in your homeowners, some give you a dollar amount, some say twelve months. Yeah. Well, what happens when there's way too many dollars chasing after way too few contractors and you know, lumber's on a boat in the you know canal and whatever you know? So, um. How does your insurance cover that? And then second, I've shared, and I don't know his spe- you know specific situation. I know the house was newer, and um, but I, so you'd imagine that the coverage on it was good. But if if it costs say twenty or thirty percent more today to build that house than it did eighteen months ago, does your homeowners policy does the dwelling coverage cover that?
0: Yeah, it wasn't okay. the. the because typically there's there's some percentage above what the actual number is, but is the actual number correct? Yeah. Sorry. So I think about that. I think about the business owner who owns real estate with partners and has a buy-sell with specific numbers in there. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. You think about life insurance as well where mm-hmm. you say, okay, so I, I got this $250,000 term policy. That's going to cover me, right? I, it, it, during inflationary times, time, right? had, During inflationary times, this is my problem. This is our problem with with hybrid long term care life insurance policies. I think that is more the direction the industry is going, and you'll probably need to consider that. However, life insurance is just an inadequate approach for covering long term care because those costs are going up. If if McDonald's was advertising twenty one dollars an hour. How much would you need to be paid on an hourly basis to do adult daycare for someone else, for not even your own parent, but someone else? Those wages have to go up. And guess what that means? Cost of long-term care is going to go up as well. Yep. And if, if you've got a fixed death benefit that doesn't adjust with inflation, oh, there's an interesting idea. Buy a life insurance policy that has a death benefit that adapts to inflation. I've never seen it. Yeah, maybe you just innovated something. Maybe. Yeah,
0: and I'm going to go out on a limb and say you never will Yeah, because the life insurance companies win. But you're right. The amount of life insurance that you have, if, if you're going to have this policy for the next 30 years, that death benefit is getting smaller every year. And you say, well, not really. Yes, really, because the the, those dollars buy a smaller basket of goods and services every year. Hopefully, yeah. you're getting more
1: self-insured.
2: That's right. As time goes on, you're paying down debt, you're building up assets, and so the need for the life insurance we hope is declining. But that's just an assumption. Mm-hmm. You know, you may have bought a much larger house since you originally got insured on on your life. Uh, life changes, you know, maybe you have more children than when you first uh, started buying life insurance. And so I think the point here is, no matter what type of insurance you're talking about, you need to have a game plan and a systematic way for reviewing the decisions you put in place years ago, because your life is constantly changing and adjusting and your plan needs to change and adjust as well.
1: All right. So what about taxes? And, and then even estate planning, and I, I look at the state plan and say, well, how could inflation influence that? And to me, it's on the tax side, the estate tax side. So so guys, it does, will inflation or a, a a season of higher inflation influence your tax strategy?
2: You have anything there? Um, come back to me. I, you know, to me... Um If you own assets that are going to appreciate in value, I'm I'm thinking about your portfolio right now, and it's IRA money, but it could be Roth IRA money. Maybe converting dollars from an IRA to a Roth IRA and letting that money appreciate and grow tax-free could be an amazing strategy. So that's something we talk about all the time, just from a tax planning standpoint anyway. But you throw in the inflation... um, you know, wrinkle into that story problem. And to me, it's just another reason to be considering a move like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if you're going to be paying taxes on something that's kept pace with inflation, then you'd rather pay taxes today mm-hmm. and then let it let it float and keep pace. Yeah, that was,
1: that was my first thought as well. The other thing, and I, this gets a little, mm, this gets a little weird. How can I thread the needle here? They are. Our, our, the economic balance, or or the, um, the in the United States, we're at a very interesting point between those who are financially strong and those who are not financially strong. And I don't want to get into a why did they turn out that way. I don't. I, I'm never interested in that debate. Um, but where we stand right now, the top whatever percent owns more wealth than the middle class, even. But if you you mentioned earlier, Josh, that. If you own a house, that's fantastic. If you haven't, if you don't own a house, the affordability of it is just, it's very difficult. Moving away right? from you, right? And if you haven't owned stocks as well or other assets, then you haven't appreciated in this huge run, but you've had to pay more for your goods and services. And so, to me, I look at taxes, all of that. I and, and again, I don't know if that came out well or uh, it's it's a, that's an emotional. It triggers a lot of emotions for folks, but that's the way I see things right now. I don't see how they can raise the taxes, tax rates on everyone. I I don't. I think there will be more discounts for low-wage earners and more new taxes on high-wage earners. And to me, that that suggests Roth or something like that. But
2: here's the thing. They don't have to raise tax rates in order to hit more and more people, because if wages keep on increasing, more and more people drift higher and higher into the tax brackets really without gaining any economic ground though, right? Because yeah, the, the McDonald's worker earning $21 an hour. That's $42,000. Yeah. So, so all of a sudden, maybe for the first time in their life, they're starting to pay a little bit of taxes, but, are they really any better off at $21 an hour because they still buy a Big Mac at <laughs> $43 or whatever it is now, right? So, so I don't know. I, I feel like actually tax rates being level as they are, if they don't move the tax brackets higher, then it's going to start affecting more and more people and inflation actually comes back to to haunt some folks.
1: True. I I guess what I a, a different way of saying it is I look at today's tax rates and tax situation is pretty favorable yeah. compared to compared what? Compared to history. Yeah, history and what likely could could be ahead. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, any thoughts on you know estate tax and those sorts of changes? Uh, does, does inflation push the envelope on that? Well, there's
0: been a lot of saber rattling about, yeah, sure. Inflation certainly does, because if you're properly protected against inflation, to Josh's point, your, your assets have grown more. And as your assets grow more, it pushes you into the now I'm subject to federal estate tax. Yeah. Now now my, uh, my heirs are going to pay more tax because I've got more IRA dollars that are, that are going to pass to them. And so all of the numbers change. And so this is where you, you have to be really, really aware and have have that clarity, the transparency, the visibility, because great financial information puts you in a position to make great financial decisions. So if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I haven't updated my
1: estate plan in seventeen years, it's time to hit the refresh button. That's right. I mean, Kevin, you hit it. To to wrap up, I do we do believe inflation is here, here to here to stay and it's going to impact your financial plan. We shared with you some of the ways work with your certified financial planner to see how this should apply to you. All right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Cohorn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC, and Silver Oak Securities, Incorporated companies are unaffiliated. They say Disney is the happiest place on earth. It's not. A campground campground is the happiest place. You meet the happiest, nicest
1: people ever. At a campground because everyone's happy because they're that close to being in a tent. And they're like, geez, I could be in a tent
2: and w- <laughs> wiping
1: my behind with leaves. And, and, and I've they're got, not, to, they're I not
2: mean, spending $17 on that hot dog either. That's so. right. That's right.